I was going to ignore it because I'm not a tech whiz mm-hmm. and uh, we're we're on a limited time budget. Okay. Yeah. Great. I usually like to ignore problems too. It's a, yeah. <laughs> it's a healthy uh, coping know. mechanism. <laughs> it is what it is. Uh, we're in Western Massachusetts. Ah, okay. For a, for a wedding. We decided not to drive back today because there's a hurricane. Mm-hmm. Yes. I've heard legend of this hurricane. Yeah. I'm sort of sad I'm missing it. The, the uninvited Hurricane Henri. 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 <laughs> Hurricane Henri. <laughs> uninvited. Okay. Um, well, the episode has started. This is No One Likes to Do podcast. Uh, the world's premier dedicated uh, it's actually a, a Fast and Furious podcast. Mm-hmm. Yep. My name is Nick Nocera. And I'm Daryl Wong. Daryl, we have an incredibly special guest on the podcast today. The best food writer in the country is on the podcast. Did you know that? Okay. I did not, but it's a pleasure. You guys listening to the podcast can't actually see that we're recording this via Zoom, and you can't see the, like, contorted tortured faces that i'm making at the moment but i'd like you to all imagine how how uncomfortable this is for me <laughs> I listen that's just the moniker i have been describing you to people you're thank my you. favorite food writer thank you we still don't know how we know not each other it's from the internet not in a yeah. not in like a sexy way just no i i think from a posting pictures of cars way <laughs> i think there's, okay so there's, there there is that go. i i know there's oh wait there was hang a, on. i'm sorry i don't think can i introduce myself because i think i awkwardly oh, cut you off before no, that it's cool <laughs> yes please do Jamie. <laughs> I'm Jamie Feldmar. I'm a completely mediocre food writer who also happens to love the Fast Furious franchise with a deep, unironic passion. Yes. Great. We medium love it. <laughs> That's the secret sauce to our podcast mm-hmm. is that people think they're like, you must be really into those movies if you watch them over. We're extremely medium into the movies. Allows us well, to be critical in all the right ways. Yeah, we think so. <laughs> <laughs> well, I haven't my I can't believe I'm just opening up the podcast by saying this, but I think that um I think I missed a couple of FFs somewhere along the line. So when you asked me which one I wanted to talk about, I actually kind of like panicked and went into a black hole because yeah. my knowledge I've I think I haven't seen like four and six maybe and okay be, beyond that they all sort of just blur together in my mind like there's it's just like one very long movie except for the first one and the last one one very long movie yeah i mean that kind of feels a little bit like what our experience is in mm-hmm. a way like i if you describe a ha- event of, in the movies to me at this i can tell you which movie it is from but the experience okay. of watching all 10 in a row or whatever, or week to week, it's just, they're just like mushy. You know what I mean? It's just like extremely mushy, mushy shit, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So, but you did watch nine again with us. I did. I saw, I saw nine in theaters and I watched it again this weekend, which now means I've seen nine twice in the span of about a month, which is yes. pretty impressive. It's cool. <laughs> we also watched nine just now. Mm-hmm. We finished it. Nothing unusual about that. 
rewatching this movie in particular. No. Not between the three of us on this call. <laughs> totally normal. Totally cool and normal. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. Daryl, how was your like we watched it obviously together for the first time in a very long in time. In years. Yeah. We watched a movie together. Um how was your watch through generally? I mean, I thought it was pretty good. I mean, I like I like the second watch through of this. I picked up on a couple things that I wasn't able to absorb yeah. during my theater watch. Yeah. Uh such as well, um, I'm trying to unpack uh, Daddy Toretto's crash. Like the mechanics of how it works? I think so. I think in this watch through, the relationship between... What's his name? Daddy Toretto. Great question. Yeah. Great. Do you, Jamie, yeah. do you... Jack? Okay, so... No, it can't be Jack. But I will Jack. say on the watch through, I had it with closed captions on, which helped enormously because oh. I could actually pick up so much more dialogue than what I did in the theaters. Yeah. So I, I also like learned a lot more than I think I did the first go around, but I did not learn Daddy Toretto's name. All right. Okay. So Daddy right. Toretto and Kenny Linder, I think in this watch through had a much more level um, relationship. They're mm-hmm. like, hey, we're both working stock car racers here like i kind of it washed over the first time where um daddy toretto followed by kenny linder and he sets him up for the oil slick trap yes and that actually is the thing that then well because then they he's like oh he's gonna get you back he's gonna get you back and pitch you into the wall right which is a known thing hey we're working racers this is entertainment but we gotta win so it wasn't just one-sided Kenny Linder is a dirty racer, and he put him into the wall. I do sort of like the Dom realizing that whole, like, thing. That whole sequence of Dom. They have, like, this um, usual suspect sequence where he's in the water, and he just, like... Oh, his ego death? Yes. (laughs) Yes, exactly. (laughs) <laughs> when you're when he like may or may not have physically died and he travels through the recesses of his imagination and yes, revisits amazing. pivotal moments from his childhood trauma. But yeah. that also they also use that as their opportunity in a storytelling capacity to like click all the scenes that we've seen so far in the flashback into their like different light. Where Dom is now like, everything I thought I knew is untrue, and the opposite is actually true. And, you know, therefore, like, I can find forgiveness in my heart for my brother or something like that. This whole movie really had so many flashback sequences, and Mm -hmm. I actually really liked that. I know that previous Fast Furious films have dipped into that technique, and I think it hasn't worked as well, but... I actually really, really loved the racing sequence between young Dom and young Jacob, like after Dom gets released from prison. Right. And that to me, I would, I would watch 90 minutes, like a full totally. two hour spinoff of young Dom, because to me, like, first off, stylistically during that sequence, you're kind of going back to like OG Fast Furious, where it's truly just about like street racing on the streets of LA, which I'm sort of a sucker for. Mm -hmm. So aesthetically I'm in. And then like emotionally the race, you know, he's like challenging Jacob to everything. And he's like, if you lose this race, like 
you will lose everything. And it actually felt so much more emotionally loaded than any of this other bullshit about like the nuclear weapons or the safe or like any of the <laughs> crap that's like taken place over the last seven films. This was truly about family and truly yes. about like, it felt, it felt heavier and more weighted to me. And like the stakes were higher than basically any of the other stunts that I've seen in the last 10 years. But I like that they do, like, I do think they are purposefully doing this thing that's like the flashbacks are this stripped down, like boiled down story about very basic things that are important to Dom. Famil like familia, <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? Like that's fucking important to Dom. But they're, they are like really simple and really real. And like, I hate this word is overused, but they are like grounded in reality. And yes. then you're cutting back and forth to a world that is so not grounded in reality. And so like in outer space, I, like, you know, mm -hmm. like, literally, literally <laughs> and, and metaphorically. Right. And then you also in that world have this meta commentary with Roman and Ludacris of like, we're invincible. We're in a movie and we're invincible and this is crazy. Wait, I like how Roman is Roman, but Ludacris is not Ted. It's just Ludacris. <laughs> like, you got to know, we are we are all on the name. We have no consistency. <laughs> on the, We just go wherever with it. Whatever I'm it spills you. out. Look, yeah. Luda's, Luda's Luda's Luda. Anyway, you slice it. What am I supposed to call him? Mr. Bridges? Like, I, I'm sorry, dude. <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, so... Yeah, but I, I actually, I love that this watch around, whereas like those two things that are so polar opposite, like weirdly working together and, and like playing off each other in ways that I noticed of like Finn Cole, who plays young Jacob, is this like very skinny, very small framed compared to, I forget the gentleman's name who plays young Dom, but like, and much shorter than young Dom as well. And then... Like John Cena is like, <laughs> like an enormous human being, right? I think we actually need to talk um, a little bit about the physicality of yes. Vin Diesel and John yes, Cena in please. this movie because I haven't seen Vin Diesel on a big screen in a couple years, and watching this film, all I could pay attention to was how his face seems to be receding into itself like the features on his oh. his head is so big and his body is so big but his eyes and his lips and his nose they're all like sinking in uh -huh. whereas john cena is the opposite john cena is also a massive man i mean he dwarfs vin diesel which i already kind of got used to when the rock joined the franchise which is a whole other thing that we can talk about but john cena's face is like it spreads out like his mouth is fucking enormous. It's, it's his, like so, his eyes are stretched out. It it's does. It's so, so freaky. Big. It's it's like so much bad plastic surgery and fillers. Yeah. And I really I had a hard time believing that they were brothers, but I also liked how differently both of these men have aged. <laughs> well, two things. I want to say two things about what you're talking about because I I love that you're bringing it up the. The like monstrosity of the physicality of these two people, right? It's like it's odd to look at, you know. Yeah, it's kind of uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And and what I was saying before is that like the movie is jumping back and forth between grounded and like this insano world, and it actually is oh 
another to me it's like this other other meta commentary between like where the series started in one and like where eventually we have ended up that like these small framed boys has turned into these like enormous crazy monsters mm-hmm. you know um yeah. I, I think did- that's like that's like a guy issue where you know like they have they have daddy issues and so the only way that they can overcome them is by like hulking out physically and it's just like a physical <laughs> manifestation of everything all. is a guy issue yeah Every, everything there is is a guy issue you know what's okay. also a play is like there's no limit like you can get infinitely larger and more muscular is what is being communicated yeah exactly <laughs> just keep going there's just- another very large character in this movie the um Otto's security guard yes. I can't remember his name with the teeth with, with the great teeth, teeth. and yeah. the tattoos the scene with him and John Cena fighting on the roof of a moving truck was like kind of grotesque because that man he's like the mountain in Game of Thrones like yeah. you, you almost like can't look at him He's so, he's so big. I mean, this movie has a penchant, these series, I mean, has a penchant for like, who's the big guy? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I will say, was it F5 when The Rock joined the franchise? Yes. Yeah. So when that happened, that was the first time that I was really like, wow, someone's bigger than Vin Diesel. Like the the rock dwarfs Vin Diesel, like physically. Mm -hmm. And that to me is actually kind of when the franchise like lost a little bit of its luster for me because that's when it started okay. sort of spiraling into totally. this like bigger is better in every sense of the word. And ever since then, I've been a little bit meh on it. Although I was happy yes. when they brought in Jason Statham, who is not a huge guy. Right. I mean, he's a tough guy, but he's kind of like wily and wiry. And I'm just hoping that they can like level out with I love that too. I don't. I don't see it happening. Mm-hmm. I don't Probably see them not. leveling out at, like at all ever. Basically, where can they? Okay, but after going to, to outer space, what's next? We talked about that a little bit on another episode. I think where we were saying maybe they do like a two-part movie of like Infinity War Endgame, where like everybody fucking mm-hmm. dies in the first mm-hmm. one, and then mm-hmm. there's a whole thing where they have to time travel and bring them back in the second one. I could see that. Yeah, I don't know. You're you're motioning like underwater, like maybe underground. <laughs> I mean, that would be kind of good too. Maybe <laughs> like Avatar Five is like underwater. Let's make the Fast <laughs> and Furious the same way. Mm-hmm. I could see it happening. I but I am actually curious to bring it back to the flashbacks for a second because yeah. there were so many of them in F nine. Do you think that they're setting up like a prequel series? I don't. I don't. Basically, is my answer. Yeah, you, Daryl. I don't think so, because that doesn't resolve the conflict with Cypher, right? right? You can't go into the past to beat the bad guy. I mean, unless they do, like, the kill Cypher as a baby time travel <laughs> kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But Which they could. We, we, I think you've hit on, like, we're sort of all vibing on the same page in this movie. Of, like, the stuff that's good in this movie is, like, the flashbacks. We have both talked about, like... Fast and Furious Teen Edition, like, I would be into it, you know? Yeah, that's um, what I mean by, like, a spinoff, the way that they kind of did, like, Hobbs and Shaw, and they, like, made it its own I would love universe. it. Like, I, I'm just wondering if there's, like, a young Dom. <laughs> like, I don't think there's an appetite from a production standpoint or, like, a studio standpoint, true. right? 
that's like my only thing about like yeah. the studio is looking at like how do I put fucking dinosaurs in this movie and sp- you know what I mean like there's yeah. co- serious conversations about that happening yeah mm-hmm. so I think there's just really not an appetite for like a forty five million dollar Fast and Furious teen drama you know am I in just South like LA. a sucker for no. liking the like I'm nostalgic for all the way back to F1 where it's truly like street racing and it's like domestic and it's like kind of janky old school cars. Mm -hmm. I don't know. That's just what drew me in to begin with. And so anytime it reappears, I'm, I'm happy about it. Do you think you would be satisfied or disappointed if they did take that idea, but it ended up being like a CW TV series with none of the original cast? If the cars were cool enough, I could maybe fuck with it. Right. Okay. Right. Okay. Okay. But I have to say I'm not overly invested in the uh, emotional turmoil right of young film. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I think, I mean, and they've done this in some capacity so far. Like, it's, like, my impression is that it's so hard to get good cars, like, consistently to have a, like, throwback show that they're opting to do it animated. Yes. All of the all of stuff. the stuff that they do that they're like, this is just like, let's spin this off. Let's make something for kids. Let's do this more, gra- whatever. It's all like animation, which. Yeah, that has no appeal to me. Me? Right. Oh, my God. Yeah. That, I talk. I, I, cartoons, I don't watch them. It just doesn't do it for me. Uh, even if it was like Archer level yeah. detail. I don't, I don't know if it that. works for this. No, the whole, I mean, half of the appeal of Fast Furious is still just looking at the cars. Mm-hmm. What we're really talking about life. is like, we miss movies like Point Break, right? Like, and we miss movies like the Fast <laughs> My and favorite Furious movie of one. All time. <laughs> yeah. Like, the thing is, like, that's what we're really talking about is like, those movies don't get made anymore. Yeah. And they don't we're get made ad- anymore for many horrible reasons that have to do with like the global expansion of the movie industry and like the rise of the mega blockbuster and superhero Mm -hmm. bullshit, Mm -hmm. but they don't get made anymore. And we, that's something to like grieve over. Yeah. The sort of like where it's the adrenaline comes from human activity and there is sort of an emotional backbone and the danger feels sort of plausible you know, point break, like, sure, the stunts are a little over the top, but it's not like, it's not like Fast Furious over the top. Right. Where, like, you never feel like the stakes are high. And in in the last, like, five or six FF movies, I mean, you're never, no. like, actually thinking anyone's going to get hurt or, like, something's going to go awry. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe it was a little bit shocking when they killed off Elena in the last one. But who cares, really? Yeah. Although, actually, I do want to switch topics a little bit, speaking of Elena, because this is, I mean, you guys know that there's, like, glaring inconsistencies across the entire franchise on so many levels. Sure do. And one thing, during during my theatrical watch of F9, I was very confused in the beginning because uh you've got Dom and Letty, and Letty's, like, raising baby Brian, young Brian, who's not her daughter and that's fine and we're a modern family and then when they decide to go join this mission I the whole time I was like 
what's happening to the kid? Like who's babysitting? Where's the kid going? Like mm-hmm. what you're just going to like leave this child unattended. You can't do this. And he's so in a barn. Whole- he's got a place to hide in the barn. <laughs> yeah. He's got like you know? his little bomb shelter. <laughs> and then during this, during my second watch, when I had closed captions on, I realized that that Mia at one point comes back and says, you know, the kids are safe. They're with the safest possible person. They're with Brian. And I'm like, what? Like, I thought it was sort of accepted that that Brian is dead. And then, and then right. in the in the closing credits, when they're doing the bar, this is not really a spoil. Sorry if this is a spoiler. No, no, we spoil all spoil. all okay. movies all the Been whole time. Spoiled. So at the end of F9, and again, this is something that I would not have picked up if I hadn't watched it with closed captions, when they're doing, you know, the ceremonial barbecue in the Toretto backyard, which is imperative in every film. Love it. In that last shot of the movie, the the blue car rolls up and the closed credits say, you know, what's his last name? Brian O'Connor. Yeah, Brian O'Connor. They're like, Brian O'Connor pulls up and revs engine. And then the movie ends. And I'm like, What? Yeah. So like, I want to say at? two I want to say two things about this. There is an alternate ending that was shot for this movie in which they had a scene with dead Paul Walker, but actually like, like hologram Paul Walker? No, like CGI I'm Paul Walker, my brother's doing my voice yeah. and okay. body again. Mm. Okay. Right? So like that exists as a thing. I'm kind of glad they didn't do that. I did, however, feel like we had this agreement with them. Like you said, we all accepted he was like dead, basically. I mean, that scene at the end of whatever it is, Seven, where they're like driving off into the sunset on the beautiful tropical island, and then they sort of pay tribute to him and his face pops up over the opening credits. Like, Mm -hmm. come on. I thought it was like, we just all agreed never to talk about him again. Like in the context of the movie, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like, that's sort of what I felt the vibe, like... Listen, we did it. We sent them off. It's good. We're just not going to talk about it anymore. Like, we can't contain. But Again, no, now, they're we, like, now he's just the babysitter and like Mia's dropping her kid off and her, I kinda her nephew love it. off. And she's just showing up to this mission and she's like, it's cool. But like, dead Brian has them. <laughs> I would also watch a whole movie of Mia and Letty in Tokyo doing spy shit. Okay, I 100% would watch that, except one of my biggest issues with this film. I'm so glad you brought this up. Yes, great. As a food writer, the scene where they are eating ramen in a Tokyo alley is so distressing to me because they're both like (laughs) flopping around with their chopsticks. There's like this piece of green vegetable on top of the ramen. They're like, she can't pick it up. They don't actually ever take a bite of food at any point during this Mm -hmm. scene. And I'm just like, what a waste of ramen in Tokyo. Like you are doing it all wrong. I'm just gonna take, I'm gonna take the opposite tack. I'm gonna knock down your point one by one. Being a prop food stylist for the movies is hard. You got to show up on the day with hot food. It's got to be safe, ready to eat. You have to deal with continuity bullshit. If you got 100 noodles and then on the next take you got 10 noodles because they've been fucking eating in the whole scene, you got to get more. It's impossible. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying. Look, this is a movie that can choreograph a fight sequence of like (laughs) 75 bajillion dollar cars flying down the streets of london and you're telling me you can't shoot a scene where two women eat noodles Mm -hmm. (laughs) i would watch a spinoff but they're not allowed to eat in it because they they clearly don't know how they don't appreciate what's in front of them 
The other thing wrong with that scene, so you can tell that it's all on a set because yes. you know it's just it's very much on a set. I did notice that they were trying to uh, like showcase Japanese street fashion because the people <laughs> in the background are way overdressed for like super duper fashionable like super fat like bucket hats cool like drapey pants <laughs> but like every one of those people is like fully dressed up so maybe they spent more money on the streetwear consultant than they did the uh the, like rent. ramen consultant yeah yeah i sure. do look though like letty and mia i mean I didn't realize their bond was so strong necessarily. Yeah. They're Incredible. sisters. They're sisters. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> um, in the flashback sequences, was that supposed to be young Letty and or Mia like at the drag race? I don't I don't think so. Hmm. I don't think so. I think the movie would have let us know if that was the case, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm inclined to agree that there would yeah. have been more of like a signal, but I do remember all the way back in F1, like there's sort of this backstory that like Dom and Letty have known each other since they were kids and totally. like, were sort of like high school sweethearts or whatever. Yeah, I made a mental note that that was supposed to be Mia, but I like don't even remember seeing the little girl this time when I watched it. I, I just like, there's, there's a girl who does the race, like the flashlight thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I... And they, the problem is the movie spends a lot of time on her face, right? Mm, it's not like a problem, but it's like, it's like the movie's, yeah, I'm not her saying face like is the, okay. is her face is great. I'm, that's not the problem. The problem is like, it's coding me to be like, this is a person. Right. Who, like, who is this person? Do I need to pay attention? Right. But it's not actually telling me what this, because we're doing all these Flashbacks, different actors, which I obviously commend them for, and I really, really appreciate them not computer facing everybody. Uh, that, but you got to tell me a little bit. You know what I mean? Like, a, yeah. it doesn't look that much like either of them that it would really hit right off the bat for me. Yeah, there's a yeah. lot of young people in this movie. Now that I think mm-hmm. about, it. like, what's up with L. Hans Ward, as the mm-hmm. closed captions describe her? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes, weird. <laughs> Weird it's, thing to still have in 2021 is a ward, <laughs> you know. I I I can only assume that she's coming back in you know the the tenth and final installment, but uh, or eleventh. I don't even know how how we're counting them these days. I think it's ten. I think if you're Vin Diesel, you're saying the tenth, and she's coming back in the tenth installment. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because you're not counting. Yeah, yeah. 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 So again, continuity errors. But like, she's truly a character that I like don't give a shit about right (laughs) to be bringing in new people this late in the game that's sort of also how i feel about ramsey who like she's cute but i don't know she doesn't really do anything i mean she sits behind a computer and goes clackety clack all day like i get this all right am i hitting a nerve here you guys want to defend ramsey (laughs) no i don't want to defend ramsey i do think I will defend the fact that the I really actually sort of appreciate that the series tries to, like, bring in new people and fresh faces. Like, they're like, yeah, let's fucking bring them in. Let's do it. You know what I mean? Like, if it clicks, it clicks. If it doesn't click, it doesn't click. Oh, who gives a shit? If it doesn't like, click, we awkwardly write them out and never speak of them again. Yeah, let's do it, you know? Um, I appreciate that of this series. Mm-hmm. But I – and I, I will never defend Ramsey – 
But I also will say, like, she doesn't, it's not really fucking, like, her, like, Natalie Emanuel, like, I, I got, I don't have a problem with you, Natalie, you know what I mean? Like, the movie gives you nothing to do the whole time, you know? And historically, this series has given women nothing to do in the entire series. So, I appreciate, like, they're doing a little bit more and bringing a couple more characters and, like, having some fucking fight scenes and putting some people in cars. Like, I do appreciate that a little bit. I think she had more to do in this movie than she has before. You know, the uh, quote-unquote revelation that she actually can't drive being used to comic effect. Like, sure, that's Mm -hmm. cute. It's a a diversion. Although, truly, this movie was so long. It was so long. It's a long long movie. They don't need to be this long. No. Yeah. Daryl and I, I think, have... uh, long commented about how long these movies are and how they are better when they're a little tighter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And I wonder how much of, I mean, it, I don't know if that's a marketing thing or it's like, you know, it, how that affects the bottom line. I wonder if like that plays better overseas for some reason. Like the length? Yeah. Hmm. Um, to go back I, to the bigger is better <laughs> motif of this episode. I think there is... Again, I think this is like a studio level calculation of like people feel like they need X amount of value for their $20 that they now pay to go see a movie in the movie theater. And therefore that X amount of value for a major blockbuster release like in that slot is too... 15 to 230 basically mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah so, so you can cram like x many more stunts in yeah mm-hmm. right. yeah yeah that's my guess basically mm. um, it's a little bloated i don't know after a while yeah. you know that mush feeling it just kind of comes in like yeah this, the stunts look the same and i actually thought that in f9 they kind of rehashed like the whole electromagnetic thing felt kind of tired to me wasn't that in the last one too like the truck uh, that what happened with the with in in the F8 with submarine was it just that Cypher could control no not the submarine the like cars being sucked up on uh, the screen yes those were hacked mm-hmm. were they were okay that they were being like remote controlled by that's Cypher. correct remote control okay so I guess that like the back this the story there is different, but the effect visually is very similar. Mm-hmm. Like if you, if I were yeah. watching these movies on mute and you played a split screen of F8 and F9 with the <laughs> scenes with the cars just like being sucked up together, it, they would literally look the same. Mm-hmm. I it, I don't know. It just didn't, it didn't impress me. <laughs> yeah. I need that new, new. <laughs> Do you have thoughts on that? Like the electromagnetic versus? I mean... I like the electromagnetic a lot better than the robo cars. Mm-hmm. I think the positive and negative magnetism was a new thing here. It's clever. It's kind of nice. But yeah. the but the caravan flip is mm-hmm. uh too dark knight y for me. Every yeah. time I see a car like a Except truck flip. Nolan did it for real. Mm-hmm. And it looks good in that movie. And it looks poopy and computery in this movie. Yeah. <sighs> Yeah. Yeah. I think I just miss, you know, to go back to like the what I miss about movies that don't really get made like this anymore is like I miss a really good old fashioned chase scene because now it's like so much about these explosions and like these kind of crazy stunts. And I really think that like a well 
a well thought out, taut, tightly paced car chase through the streets. There's a reason that that's an iconic cinema moment. There's a reason totally. people still talk about the French connection. Like even the Jason Bourne movies totally. do a pretty good job with that. And again, like in early Fast Furiouses, there were there were more chase scenes and now it's more about these stunt scenes with like explosions. And I just find that after a while, like the explosions all start to look the same. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, we're in complete agreement. Like, I, I don't know, this is the least interesting podcast in the world because like we're on the same- We're not fighting. <laughs> we're not fighting at all. We're on the exact same page. And like Daryl and I, again, we've talked a lot about like the first four movies of this franchise we are generally bigger fans of than the five, six, seven, eight, whatever. Yeah. Uh, and I really think that has a lot to do with, for me, like tighter, smaller stories that have stakes mm-hmm. and practical effects. Uh, and yeah, I mean, honestly, and like real characters rather than like caricatures of characters that were in these movies before basically mm-hmm. i find that disturbing and difficult to deal with it's almost like the scene the driving scenes now are too perfect right even in like monte quinto like they've got perfect they try to set up a rugged jungle and they've got the mines and stuff but they're like perfectly like intersecting and everybody gets a like hero shot of like yeah. a lot of freeze frame moments yeah. that are like too good like too good and too, I mean, for me, I know I like gripe about this a lot, but I sound like such a fucking old man. Like the CGI stuff drives me out of my mind. I watched a little featurette on this movie about like how a lot of the magnet shit they actually did practically. Like mm-hmm. they like that car that goes through the building, like they dragged a car sort of through a building on a rail, you know, into a truck. That's they cool. might as well not have. Because it looks bad. They have to mush it around with so many, like, they have to lead into it with a CGI scene, do the practical effect, and then lead out of it with a CGI thing, Hmm. that it looks bad anyway, you know, for me. Yeah, I can't even tell what's, I just sort of assume it's all CGI at this point. Like, it's it's very slick. It's very video gamey. Yes, Ugh. there's a video Man, we're, game. Yeah, going. we're like crotchety. No, <laughs> it's because the shots are too good, right? It's like the opening credit to a Need for Speed like thing. It's like oh, obviously all CGI, but you want it to be. You want the angles to be kind of off. You, you want, want the camera sh- to like fuck up a couple times. Exactly. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, the one thing that they were a little bit janky about that I sort of liked was the Fiero that goes to space. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously completely ridiculous. And like, I like that they were in on the joke and kind of wink, wink, nudge, nudge about it. You know, that helped. And I appreciated that the car that they chose to send to space is like objectively shitty. Like that actually was sort of a throwback to the earlier days of the franchise. And Mm -hmm. I, and I did like that. Although I, I really, like, really didn't need the whole backstory with those three, you know, the younger guys who are like oh. testing the. Jet we we were talking about how much we like those guys. You <laughs> like that? Why do you like them? Uh, there's like a nostalgia factor. I get tired of like the the Tej and Roman like Looney Tunes sort of goofball relationship, and then, like the movie uses them to comic effect. I much more prefer these like three nothing side characters being goofballs, <laughs> you know, and like. 
arguing together and getting that effect out of that. Mm-hmm. There's a nostalgia factor. Like they're all from Tokyo Drift, which has been historically like an ignored part of this franchise. And they all like now they're all coming back from that. Yeah. I mean, you know? I guess I, I, yes, I guess. I just, when I think about how bloated this movie overall, that's like <laughs> one subplot that I really felt like could have, could have been. Do you know who's not bloated? Lucas Black is looking looking trim. Trim. He looks younger in this movie, even though he's supposed to be ten years older. Yeah. Than than seven. Than in seven. Yeah. He looks absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, he looks really in shape. Yeah, it's good. I would love a couple more guys to look like normal human beings in this movie. I think you know. You know, one thing I don't know if you guys talk about this, and and you probably like. I don't, I don't know if this is something you really think about, but um, one thing that has like completely disappeared from this whole franchise is any element of like sexiness or romance. Like Vin Diesel, I don't know, Vin and Letty used to like make out. At least. They used to be hot. I mean, they're yeah. PG-13, but like they had sexual chemistry. Big time. And now it's like, I don't think there's a single kiss anywhere in this movie. <laughs> like, there is a kiss. There is a kiss. Uh, I think it's after Letty saves Dom from the drowning oh, yes. pool okay. and wakes up. Yeah, but okay, it's yeah. like not sexy. <laughs> it, no, <laughs> and it's, li- it's life saving. It's basically the end of a CPR. <laughs> it, yes, yes, and it's I think Vin wrong. Diesel like earlier in his career was sort of gunning for more of like a sex symbol role, and part of what's been so disheartening about the way his face has receded in on itself is that it makes him far less attractive than he used to be. And I just like, I actually think that the the Jason Bourne movies, which I am really not a fan of Matt Damon, I mean, but that yeah. that first one, which I haven't even seen in years. Yeah, a Doug Liman movie. Yeah. Doug Liman movie. It's, it's him and the girl from Run Lola Run, yes, Franco exactly. Yes. And it is like palpable. Like how, the, yeah. the sex scenes in that are very like PG. They're not very revealing no, at all. But it's like hot. they're hot, and yeah. like that component has just been like totally stripped from the Fast Furious franchise. I don't know if Brian and Mia ever like had that a little bit, but definitely in number one. Mm-hmm. In number one, yeah, yeah, yeah. But <laughs> it hasn't shown up in years, and instead we get like these three jabronis from Tokyo Drift who like. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry, that's, I would just replace yeah. them with like something, something Smarter. like something a hot. little more sultry. Some schemier. Yeah, we need yes. some schemier scenes. I mean, there is, these movies have like desexified themselves, right? Yes. Like it's just they're not. Like so, they're so neutered on like yes. every level. Absolutely. Like the action sequences are neutered. The stunts are neutered. The sexuality is neutered. The violence is neutered. Like. Yes. They try, to, they try to use the one, like, party scene in every movie where they put everybody in bikinis, yeah, the, like, the girls the t-shirt dancing. party. Like, right. That's, it's like, let's get a couple butt shots for the marketing, and, mm-hmm. like, then let's yeah. get out of here. The, yes. So we can only expect in Fast 10, you get one kiss, and you get one booty scene. Right. And that's it. That's it. That's all you're going to get. But, like... It's nice to see hot people like kiss and like be sexy with each other. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. nice. I mean, I would argue that Vin Diesel's no longer really a hot person. No, 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 <laughs> no. Like, I'm not talking about this movie. I'm talking about like we need more of that in in this stuff. You know, <laughs> in movies, in movies in general. <laughs> we need more hot people kissing Turn up in the movies. Temperature, my guy. That's what I'm all also, about. Also, if we could get a really good car chase. 
before Car or after and... the kissing. Daryl, get the studios on the phone. <laughs> okay? Get the studios on the phone. We got some great but ideas. I'm, I'm in LA right now. I can yeah. make this happen. Let's make this happen. Somebody get me the president of MGM. We need car chases and we need hot people kissing. And I don't know why anybody, people haven't done this before. It makes total sense. Um, I do will say, like, we have kind of shit on this movie a little bit. I unabashedly enjoy this movie, especially especially next to Eight and next to Hobbs and Shaw, which are two movies we have seen in re- in the recent past. Mm. I completely skipped Hobbs and Shaw. It it's has a like very good no, idea. no appeal to me whatsoever. Yeah, I, I do like Jason idea. Statham, but I, The Rock I find insufferable. There is there is a little more sexiness in that movie, though. I will say, in Hobbs, Hobbs and Shaw, yeah. Between who the two of them? It's because I, it's because of Hattie, though. Like, yes, because Vanessa Kirby is a great actress, and she's uh, in that movie, and then sells it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I will, wait. Hold on. We, there's a little bit of sexiness in this movie that we haven't talked about. Okay. That's between Dom and Queen. <laughs> and Helen Mirren. <laughs> it's true. Like, it's true. That was it's a true. very sexy scene. Like, did you see how like he was standing behind like her at the valet over stand? Her neck. Yeah. She is an unabashed flirt. Yeah. And I appreciate that because Dom is basically a a sack of potatoes. Yeah. <laughs> like literally and physically. <laughs> she but she gosh gosh darn it, she'll flirt with just about anything. No. It's great. It's really great. They probably filmed a lot more and they had to trim it off. Is what I'm thinking. Yeah. I don't know. Again, like I think this franchise is interested in like, yeah, who's who's big? Like, let's fucking pop. Let's get them in. Like, mm-hmm. I and because I think it's Vin who leads the charge on this kind of thing because he is such the creative yeah. force behind these movies. Yeah. I'm sure that Vin is like, you know who I'm loving these days, Cardi. Let's get Cardi B in this. And you know? it did. It did like blow up a little bit on Twitter. I remember yeah. during the marketing, you know, they were talking, they were teasing this very special cameo and yeah. You know, it like tapped into the moment for a moment. I don't know if it really same opened with, it to a new audience, but sure. I mean, it was cute. But it's same with Rita Ora and Six. Like Rita Ora mm-hmm. has like mm-hmm. one tiny little bit in Six, and like mm-hmm. I think it's the same kind. He likes to do that kind of thing. You know, he does like to do that. He also cast his son in the very last flashback where they go to like when they're really little kids, when it's like baby Dom and baby Jacob and they're with their dad and he's like showing, he's like under the hood of the car and he's like teaching them about it. Um, I believe that baby, baby Vin is actually played by Vin Diesel's son. Who's probably like five. Not something I knew. That's a very interesting fact. I was trying to figure out who the actor who played young Dom was because honestly he's hot and incredibly hot and good and and, and I know, get this good. get this guy whose name I can't remember yeah. to spin off of his own. For um, sure. And at first I was confused because in the credits, it's, you know, in real life, Vin Diesel like named his kid after Paul Walker. Right. Yes. So it's like. Paula. Pa- yes. Yeah. But the son, well, hang on. Now I actually kind of. I think his, he had the son before Paul died and, but the daughter who he had after pa- Paul died oh, yeah. is Paula. So his son is named. Vincent Sinclair, which is his, which is real name. his real name, yes. Yeah. And so, so Vincent Sinclair is like six or something, and he did appear as young baby Dom. This is good to know. 
Isn't his? I thought his real name was like. Isn't his name Mark? John? His, his Mark. real name Mark is Mark Sinclair. Mark Sinclair. Right. Mark Sinclair. Then Vincent. So he named him after <laughs> both his oh. stage name and his real name. Vin. Correct. Yeah. Okay. That's this man. I mean, fact. talk about this. This man needs an ego death. IRL. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't really have feelings about that anymore. Like, I, this, I'm like, let Vin be Vin. And like, it's, I'll dig into it when I dig into it. And when I want to put it aside, I'll put it aside, basically. <laughs> you know? Yeah, <laughs> our whole thing is like, Vin Diesel actor is like trying to become and not, yeah, trying to become Dominic Toretto fusioned together. Yeah. Like, he is the characters. But yeah. also thinks he should win an Oscar for doing that. Right, well, there is this element to Vin Diesel that's like, I am a serious actor and always have been, and these movies are very popular, and I am very good in them, and I please give me an Oscar for them. <laughs> it's true. It's no, it is true, and you know there was a brief period where Vin Diesel was a serious actor. He totally. was in Saving Private Ryan. Yeah. He Find Me Guilty, this weird Sydney Lumet movie that that we that watched. Yeah, movie room. rules. Yeah, I mean he was. This movie would not have won an Oscar, but I no. really liked the Pitch Black franchise. We just and watched them for our Patreon. Mm-hmm. They're pretty good. And like, there was a moment where he was doing other things outside yeah. of Fast Furious and like showing he had range. And then I can't really blame him. I mean, this franchise is such a cash cow that like, why not That's just it. hitch your wagon to it? Yeah. But for him to continue, I agree, like for him to continue to think that like anyone is taking this seriously is just folly at this point. There is an element to like people should pay these movies a little more respect, right? Like I under I can actually sort of understand that argument from like a the production, like what it takes to make a movie like this, and like the amount of craftsmanship that goes into a movie like this, and the and like the what Justin Lin has did, and like developing this into what it is. Like that deserves a little more respect, I think, than it gets, right? I, well, I'm not saying I'm saying that. I'm saying like it. there is an argument to be made for that. Vin takes that argument, the, but though, and is like, give us an Oscar. Like, like you know what I mean? Like, I don't understand why people don't give us. He's like, takes it and puts it on the, all the way at the other end of the scale, you know? Well, he probably doesn't have really much else in his life that he's, you know, yeah, this is. Probably. He's got his music career, you know. <laughs> That's true. So, That's it was true. Papa, it was booming. Can we talk a little bit about Jacob, like John Cena's yeah. casting as Jacob and like Jacob the character a little bit for a minute? I, I, not that we acknowledge any other podcast exists on this podcast, but I what because they don't. Uh, but but hypothetically, hypothetically, I could have been listening to <laughs> another podcast <laughs> called. Uh, Black Man Can't Jump in Hollywood, which is incredible. It's like my fucking favorite podcast right now. Mm-hmm. In this hypothetical, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, they were talking about this movie. And they were like, what if, like, let's take, John-. they had similar issues, I think, with John Cena. And they had similar, like, confusion issues with John Cena being Vin Diesel's brother. And they were like, what if you take John Cena out and you put Jason Momoa in and, like, call it a day, basically. Yo. I was like, that's kind of a fucking great idea, mm. <laughs> you know? Like, would this movie work? Because, like, the thing that keeps Jacob, you from connecting to this brotherhood, I don't mean this to be, like, flippant or, what you know, 
people can be brothers. But the thing that keeps you, the movie going audience, a little bit from connecting these characters together is that like you're spending energy and time being like, wow, wait, what's going on? <laughs> are they brothers? Were they are they stepbrothers? Are they not stepbrothers? Are they like whatever? And then she makes this comment about Norwegian genealogy. You have mixed bloodlines, but I would have never yes. guessed you had Nordic. So like, the movie's paying attention to it, right? So, like, we're going to pay attention to it. And it's like, yeah, I don't know. Maybe if there was just, like, maybe if that element was removed a little bit, like, could we be engaged with mm. it a little bit more? Hmm. Or I if it just wasn't John Cena, who's, like, a crazy-looking person. John Cena's crazy-looking. And for a movie, for a franchise that's so obsessed with the idea of family, mm-hmm. I can buy that Dom might have, Dom and Mia might have, like, an estranged brother. But sure. I kind of, I had a hard time believing that that wouldn't have come up at any point in the previous nine <laughs> films. Fair. <laughs> just, mm-hmm. just to go back to the continuity issues, like... Even when he's telling Brian the story of how he beat the guy's head in with a wrench... He doesn't mention, he's like, oh, I did it because my brother was about to do it. And then, like, I stepped in. He doesn't do that. took one for the team here. Yeah, it just made it hard for me. Like, obviously, I know that this was an invention that they had to come up with for this installment of the movie. But I wish that it had been hinted at earlier. I wish I could go back in time and, like, add a little tease to a a forsaken brother earlier on. Right, Hmm. right. I think there's a lot of things in these movies that they maybe wish they could retcon in a way. <laughs> but like, I do I also, a little bit. Go ahead. Well, I think John Cena as an actor, actually like he can be very funny. I mean, he yeah. was great in Trainwreck. Like yeah, I didn't totally. see blockers, but I think he's relatively funny in that. Yeah. John Cena as straight man. It's like, it's not, not working out so well. Cause Vin Diesel is such a straight man. Yeah. So why do you need two of those? But even the movie, even what I, again, like, I like that the movie even commentates on how much of a straight man Vin Diesel is when they're like, what do you expect us to do? Go to outer space? We're going to orbit? And the camera hits right here in Vin Diesel's face. And he's like, that's exactly what we're going to do. You know, like, like, it is so, like, ludicrous for him to be serious in that moment. And the movie clearly knows it, right? But when you have straight man A who's like the greatest straight man of all time versus John Cena, who's like developing his shit a little bit, you know, like I'm not even saying he's bad. Mm -hmm. You see a difference there. I don't know about your, what are your feelings on that? So I never watched wrestling. I have no perception Mm -hmm. of John Cena outside of this movie, basically. So I liked him. Like you didn't believe me early on. (laughs) I was like, Oh, they look basically the same. They're always thinks they look the same. Really? Yeah. Close enough as far as I'm concerned. Oh, I think they're like op- they're like mirror opposites of each other with the receding and the expanding. One of them is like the universe is expanding on his face and the other <laughs> one is it's like folding in on itself. Mm-hmm. But, Love you know, it. I think like the, the fact that, I mean, yeah, we're talking about John Cena, but like I don't really have that much. To, I don't really have strong feelings about him. And it kind of seems like you guys don't either. And that seems indicative to me of how like completely like useless he is to this yeah that, I, I think that would be another benefit of like jason momoa is an actor who has been in big superhero projects and has been very charismatic in them but also like struck a tone that wasn't all like goofy but and could like bring his presence to the role and like could 
take up the screen a little bit. Mm-hmm. Not that that would be great for Vin, but you know, like I think that could be a fit that really worked well. And I like I I'm only mentioning it because obviously we can't retcon Jason Momoa in this movie, but like these guys were talking about it, and I was listening to them, and I was like, I think that's a really good idea, basically. Mm-hmm. Just shouting out at that idea. I would be um, delighted to see Jason Momoa appear. Yeah. In the Fast and Furious franchise. Yeah. Yeah. I think it would be great. I know we're on a little time constraint. You got a dinner you got to go to. I do. I have to go to dinner now. <laughs> okay. We're going to wrap up. We're going to skip shout outs, I think. Sure. That's cool with you. Yeah. I mean, if you want to go for it, I'm not no, like, a, you know, we're going to skip No shout outs. Right. We're going to skip the shout outs. We're going to go straight to. Plot. Let's plug the pod. Yeah. I guess. Like, I don't know. I don't know how to end. We never know how to end the pod. So, if you want to tell us how we should end it, you should get on us at Twitter on Twitter at Nolt Podcast N O L T T Podcast. You can. Um, we have an Instagram. No one likes to tune a podcast on Instagram. You can't send us an email anymore. You could for you couldn't for a while, and then you could again. And now I'm locked out of the Gmail account again. <laughs> it's just a disaster mm-hmm. so don't do that but uh, rate and reviews on Apple Podcasts Spotify Stitcher wherever you catch your pods mm-hmm. uh, and Patreon patreon.com slash no one likes to tune a podcast we got two beautiful patrons we love them both that's all I gotta <laughs> say uh, Jamie Feldmar what do you want to plug um, plug the new book oh yeah yeah <laughs> In an abrupt change of topic, <laughs> um, I do have a new cookbook coming out in October 4th uh, with the chefs from Don Angie, which is a very fun Italian restaurant in New York City. It's called Italian American. It's sort of um, modern, like red sauce, classic Italian American family recipes. Um, it will be available wherever books are sold. And even though Amazon is evil, if you pre-order a book on Amazon, it is good for us. <laughs> but um, support your local independent bookstore too. I pre-ordered it, but not through Amazon. Through some Excellent. other locally sourced. That also helps. Organic pre-ordering system. That's what I know? like to hear. Um, yeah. And then you should come back to New York City. We should eat Italian food. I will be back in October for this book release. Let's um, do it. Okay. You know? Let's do it. You're back yeah. from exile in, in New Zealand. I do live there, but uh, I am also, I'm working in New York City for the past, next couple of months. So. Okay. Yeah. Well, thanks for having me, guys. Thank I, you so much for I, coming uh, had a lot of feelings about this, this watch through, and I'm glad that I could expound upon them in public. Feel free to uh, expand upon them further at any time. We will have you back on the pod instantly. Great. Well, maybe I'll go back and and rewatch the two that I'm missing. Awesome. All right. Take care. All right. Thanks, guys. Later. Bye. Bye.